Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. When you hear this, man, I should be a giver and whatever. Well, you should be. I can't challenge you to be a giver. God has to do that in your own selfish heart, just like he has to do it in mine. Now, after we set the example, neat things happen. You know that giving involves three things. Tithes, which is 10%. Offerings, and then alms. Alms is for the poor. What is David giving here? He's giving offerings. As a believer, you know God's heart when it comes to giving. We've heard teachings about tithing and offerings. So why is it still difficult for some of us? The answer is simple. Our flesh is selfish. We follow our natures. We want to do everything that pleases us, that increases our comfort and serves our flesh. When we love the Lord, our intention is to honor Him, but we can't stop there. Our intentions are only good if we follow through on them. Going forward as a living sacrifice to God. In today's message, Pastor Mark will encourage us to offer ourselves to the Lord, just as we'll see that David does in our study from First Chronicles. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of First Chronicles, chapter 29, verse 1, with today's study. Remember when Jesus picked his 12 disciples? What were they? Nobodies. Absolutely nobodies. Those nobodies in 30 years turned the world upside down. Listen to John MacArthur. By the way, God loves nobodies. John MacArthur says this. The world measures greatness by many standards. At the top are intelligence, wealth, prestige, position. Things which God has taken from the top and put at the bottom. God reveals the greatness of his power by demonstrating that it's the world's nobodies that are his somebodies. What are you tonight? What am I tonight? Look at me. It's just amazing when you look at yourself and you realize, how could God use us? I'm like a nobody. But he likes using nobodies and turning them into somebodies. Remember, the Pharisees, Sadducees, they were shocked that these disciples were doing this. Who are these guys? They're not even educated. Remember the term in Acts? But they've been with Jesus. That's the key. God's turning nobodies into somebody's. Praise God. Verse 1, the last part of the verse says this, the palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. Way back then, understand, God's priority is always people over buildings. The temple was for God and for the people to come. It really was going to be a palatial temple 
but the focus always in the Bible is really not on buildings. It's on people. When you look at your life tonight, one of the things that I think is important for all of us, when we talk about the use of our time, when you look at your life as a, as a mom or a dad, I mean, the priority needs to be your children, people. It's not about the home you buy. It's not about the big boat that you buy. Nothing wrong with those things. You can afford them, go for it. But it's not about that stuff. It's not about the building. It's about people. All of this is excellent. All the artwork, it's incredible. But it's not about the artwork. It's about people. So a good way to judge your life is to look and say, what impact am I having? What time am I spending with people versus things? If most of your time is spent with things, and I'm talking your ministry time now, then you need to change some things and make it with people. You see, it's about people. Because that's the only thing that's going to last. These things are not going to last. Now, verse 2. David says now, as he says to Solomon, don't worry about this, we're going to build this for God. Because God loves people. With all my resources, watch when I read these verses how many times you see the word my. This is not negative, this happens to be positive. With all my resources, I provided for the temple of my God, gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, wood for wood, as well as onyx for settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stone and marble, all of these in large quantities. Beside in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God. Over and above everything I provided for this holy temple, 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the building, for the gold work and the silver work, for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? David says to Solomon and to all the people there, he says to them, now I've been intimately involved planning and bringing the plans and and a lot of the material for this new structure. I'm not somebody that's aloof from God. I'm intimately involved with God. I have a passion for what God is doing in these things. And then David does this. And if you're a leader, I think it's incredible. David sets the example as a leader for the people, even in his giving. Notice in those verses, he gives millions of dollars in today's money from his own money market account. It's from his own accounts, my accounts, my stuff. David set forth the example. Here's the statement I want to make to you tonight. If you're a leader, and this obviously even includes parents in home, but if you're a leader of a small group or whatever, we have to set the example. You cannot be an effective leader, really, unless you're a giver. Now, you know, I don't know who gives in this church. That's not a thing that we ever are interested in. I don't look at that. None of the pastors look at that. But when we bring a, an elder on, that is one question I always ask them. Are you tithing? Are you give? I would never bring an elder on that God raises up. Besides, I don't believe God would ever raise one up that isn't giving. You see, we, can you imagine a pastor not tithing himself? 
Not giving generously himself and then teaching the word of God? What a joke. So I have to set the example. I do say it's not up to you. I set that example. Linda and I have set that, as you know, many times early in our lives. We just give. We love to give to God. Leaders, you can't be a taker. You can't look for the bennies. you got to be a giver. And David said, I just gave. And the people went, wow, he gave from his heart. He gave. Now, I don't mean that we should just be a giver in money. If you're a leader, you need to be a giver in your time and your talents. One of the things I always hated at work at Wustoff was clock watchers. Always interested. Just give the bare minimum, not the rest. They never traveled far. Now, you have to remember, in our lives, who's our boss? It's God. And he gives us all the same number of hours. We all have different talents, but we all have the same number of hours. And I have a responsibility when I'm doing things to do with everything with excellence. Does that say anything to a non-believer? I hope it does. It says that we believe because we're really doing this not for this church. We're doing this for who? God. That's what it's all about. So remember, leader, you have to set the example in every area of your life. Time, money, talent, resources. We are to set the example. Money always comes to the top, though, because it tests where our heart is. Luke 12, 34 says this, where your treasure is, there's where your heart also At the bottom line, you know tonight, we're selfish people. You know, I heard something just recently, God really spoke to me. It's kind of off the subject, but it fits. We are trying to protect our kids today, and I believe in Christian school, and I believe in homeschooling. But we're trying to protect our kids. But guys, you see, we're trying to protect our kids with all these external things. But their heart is selfish, And from the inside is where the problem is. The school can help a little bit like a parent does, but it's God is the only one that's going to change our kids. So those of you tonight that have been homeschooled and and at Christian school and we're building, doing Christian school stuff and and the the Sunday night, that's great. But the purpose is to get God in their heart because the external jazz isn't going to do it. And the reason I came up with it, they're just as selfish as we are. And you can't give rules to change the selfish. It's got to be a change in their heart. When you hear this, man, I should be a giver and whatever. Well, you should be. I can't challenge you to be a giver. God has to do that in your own selfish heart, just like he has to do it in mine. Now, after we set the example, neat things happen. You know that giving involves three things. Tithes, which is 10%. Offerings, and then alms. Alms is for the poor. What is David giving here? He's giving offerings. He's giving willingly of whatever he wants for the building of this. He's not giving of his tithes. He's giving offerings. You see, our tithes are given to the functioning of the regular part of the church. So as a Christian, again, you don't have to be under legalism. Don't ever get legalistic with it. It's 10% off the top. It's just a God. It's just a natural thing. And then you grow from that. On top of that comes offerings. So David wasn't going, carry the two, divided by three, here's my check. He just says, of my gold, of my silver, 
I just give it to God. So the offering is something that's very important. When we talk about that, it's a free will offering. Again, it comes because of God. Now, what's happened in our fellowship here? Why are we able to do what we're doing out here? Because you guys love to give. You're an awesome group of people. New people come, other people leave, and God just keeps using people, and you give, and you give every week, and you generously give, and we don't have to hype you. None of that kind of stuff happens. Well, because you're understanding that giving is something that God makes you. Now, we all have to work at it because we're kind of selfish. But as you give, it's a wonderful thing. Now, look at the end of verse 5. David, after he does this, he kind of challenges the people. Some of you say, quit challenging me so much. Well, that's part of my role. Look what David says. Now, who is willing to consecrate himself? Circle the word himself, and then circle the word today to the Lord. Serving God always involves our will. Our will. Lots of people have great intentions, but nothing ever gets done. So, here's a story. I've told it before, but it's a good representative. There are seven crows that are sitting on a telephone wire. Five of the crows decide to leave. How many crows are left on the telephone wire? Most people, if you hadn't heard the seven, would have said what? Two. No, seven is the right answer. Why? Because they decided but did nothing about it. You see, that's what happens often when we leave church. Ooh, good thing I'm a nobody. I'm even a selfish nobody. I'm going to do something about that someday. Look what David says. He says, who is willing to consecrate yourself when? Now. Start now. Why? Because the enemy comes and a million things come between now and then. That's why you'll hear me challenge when I give an altar call. And I say to you that are Christians, you pray. And I want to challenge you. You pray when there's altar calls. That's life and death in the house. You pray. And you never want somebody to come when God hasn't spoken to the heart. But you don't want them to put off when God has spoken to their heart. That's why the scripture says, what day is the day of salvation? Today. Today. So even as you leave tonight, and I leave tonight, man, Pastor Mark told me that I'm building a temple for God. How am I doing? A couple ouches. Deal with it. That's what it's about. See, Notice what David says, which is the key to all life. He says, how many are willing to consecrate your money today? Is that what he says? How many are willing to consecrate your wife today? Or your husband? Or somebody else? No. How many are willing to consecrate what? Yourself. You see, when God has your money, it has to come first because he has what? You. See, many people give money, but they don't give for the right attitude. Romans 12.1. Let's turn there. Romans 12. Remember, today we hear a lot about this. We hear a lot about this name it and claim it. God wants you rich. It's an easy life, whatever. You see none of that in the Bible. 
It's totally false. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Here's Paul basically saying exactly the same thing that David said back in 1 Chronicles. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your wallets. No, your bodies as living sacrifices. What does a living sacrifice mean? It means that you go on doing it. You see, some people say, okay, if God wants me, then all right, here you are, God. I guess that's the end of my joy and happiness. I'm going to dedicate myself to you, whatever you want to do with my life. What a miserable way to live. It's a dead sacrifice. He says, as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. It comes because I've taken myself and laid myself on the altar. And I said to God, remember the song, I'm yours, Lord, everything I've got. I'm yours, Lord. I'm just yours. Just use me. See, we have today, I love this quote, give me a nice, low-cost, low-maintenance religion. Can you imagine Jesus saying that to his disciples? Come on. Got this low-cost, low-maintenance religion. Come follow me. We're going to the cross. That doesn't add up. Not at all. Jesus said this. You come follow me with everything you got because it's going to cost you everything. But it's the greatest lifestyle in all the world. When he made that statement, many walked away. Hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. Many walked away. Verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You know, that's what we're doing tonight. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What we're talking about there is syncretism. It's simply trying to take two life views and and merge them into one. Trying to have our cake and eat it too. You can't worship God on one hand and mammon on the other and mix them. It doesn't work. So you've got to offer yourself, all of yourself, to God. Now, go back to 1 Chronicles 29. Notice what happens. This is very important. When the leader sets the example, watch what happens. When the head leader set the example, you're going to see that the other leaders give, and then the people give. Look at verse 6. Then the leaders of families and the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave, circle the word, willingly. And they gave toward the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 acres of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, and 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. You say, why is that in the Bible? Because they gave. And it shows how much they gave. Any who had precious stones gave them to the treasure of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehael, the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders. For they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced. Remember, we have to learn to enjoy giving. That's hard because we have a selfish nature. Every area, it's kind of an attitude adjustment for all of us. 
If you're in some places, we would use this as a great kickoff pattern to a building project. And I would have envelopes for you as you leave. By the way, I do have them at this door and that door. No, and I'm not, I'm not talking against them. I don't mean that. But see, you can't manipulate people into giving. So many people have talked to me just recently that they used to, they hadn't been in church in a long time because somebody gave them an envelope and said, you have to pay this due to the church. No, there's not dues to the church. If you're here tonight, you go through this and say, tithes, that's Old Testament. Yeah, that's before the law. I wouldn't give 10% of my money. Fine. Who's losing? God isn't. You think God's broke? You think we're losing? No, we're not losing at all. Who's losing? You are. You got to want to give. And you guys do. And the world can understand it. They, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's because God's ways are not man's ways. Doesn't make sense. Just give. So here they gave. The New Testament says each man should give what he's desired in heart to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. When I walk in here today and see all the people working yesterday and whatever, the joy that's there, it's wonderful. Do you know what? It's rubbing off on the kids. And it's rubbing off on parents who aren't Christians, who come and go, wow. You know what really impresses me? Some guys at work take off work to come. That's unheard of in our world. They're not being paid. They've taken off their hours, their vacation time to come and work. Is that awesome or what? That's God. That's because hopefully we as leaders have set the example. And you know when we started this church, I'm not here to toot my own horn at all, but many of us never took any money. We just worked our regular jobs and, and served you for lots of And I could have really, after the first three or four months, I could have taken a salary. And many other people have could have. But we just wanted to serve you. And I believe God's honored that, honors it to, to this day. And that's still going on. There's no paycheck for those people. They just love to give. You say, well, it goes against my nature. Well, I know it does. Get rid of your nature. Be renewed. <laughs> Verse 10. And David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord. God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom you are exalted as head over all. Verse 12, you want a circle. Wealth and honor come from, come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your Hands, our strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. By the way, you think you're somebody? In those same hands, our power to take you or I down like that. And that's what the book of Proverbs says. You get prideful. I'm the reason for the success. I'm the reason for my money. I'm the reason for everything. Be careful. Because you're going to fall big time. See, it's God. You say tonight, well, I have a lot of wealth. Good. God knew you could handle it. In this message, we were challenged to examine whether or not our actions follow our decisions. As Pastor Mark said, many times we make decisions as the Lord prompts us, but then neglect to follow through. 
Our actions reflect the true state of our hearts. David recognized that everything he had came from God, so the offerings he was given weren't even David's to begin with. As it is with us, everything we have is from Him. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll conclude Chapter 29 of First Chronicles. We'll hear David praise the Lord for all of his blessings. David shows his son Solomon the importance of giving with a willing heart, not holding on to things, because all of it is from the Lord. When he comes to the end of his life, David's life will not be measured by all the stuff he had, but how he lived to serve God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 Chronicles. That's next time on Lessons for Living.